and a resounding good afternoon. Peace and grace to all. Peace and grace to all. Thank you so much for keeping those dials locked in at 95.3 FM, your Black-owned, Black-operated news information network, the only one in the state of Delaware, WHGE 95.3 FM. Thank you so much for allowing me this time in your presence. Keep those dials locked in as today's show for the Political Power Hour will be enlightening. My guest today will be Wilmington, Delaware City Council Representative Shanae Nicole Bay. So we're going to be chiming in with her and finding out more about her advocacy for uh, and her candidacy for the seat of House Representative for the General Assembly here in the state of Delaware. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. She'll be joining us in just a few moments. In the interim, I have to share with you, I would be remiss if I did not share with you that according to Marcus Garvey, the Honorable Marcus Garvey, intelligence rules the world and ignorance pays the price. So this is Rochelle Wilson for the Political Power Hour under the subsidiary of Make Some Intelligent Noise, the movement for equal justice under the law. I advocate for our people. I advocate for you. So thank you for allowing me to do that. And thank you for allowing me to remind you of something that you already know so clearly. Every Tuesday from 6.45 until approximately 8 o'clock p.m. here on 9th and Pine Street, Eastside Pride in collaboration with WHGE, we are doing a restorative rehabilitative uh, for people who have been addicted to drugs or alcohol or gambling or sex or lying or cheating or whatever the addiction may be. We're here to offer you a hand out, a hand up so that you don't have to stay in a world of addiction. There is a lot of mental health associated with that poor mental health associated with addiction and all of the habits that go along with that. So we want to help you. We want to restore and rehabilitate our communities from the addictions. As we had stated before, and I will reiterate to you, the opioid crisis or epidemic is now at crisis level. It has reached certain neighborhoods, certain people, and so now it is a problem all across America. Uh, and much like everything else in America, when it reaches a certain number, a certain neighborhood, a certain demographic, it becomes an issue, and now people want to do something about solving that problem. The opioid epidemic has become a crisis to that level. And so now people are chiming in and it waterfalls, it ripples out 
you know, like the rippling effect. When you throw a stone, a pebble in the water, it kind of butterflies out. So it's not just affecting particular communities uh, in death and sickness. It is affecting people in their mental health. People are mentally, woo, way over the top. If I'm allowed to put it that way, and that's putting it rather nicely, I must say. People are doing terrible things because they're addicted to drugs, alcohol, and various other addictions. But primarily, the opioid crisis, the epidemic, has now reached crisis status. So we are asking if you or someone you love, you would like to get some uh, restore, you know, restore them to their better selves, rehabilitate them, uh, help them to get away from their addiction. Then we're asking you, ladies and gentlemen, to visit us here, Ninth and Pine Street, every Tuesday, six forty-five. We are dedicated to be there for you. If you cannot get to Ninth and Pine Street and be a part of what we're doing, we ask that you please do a Google search, find the locations all across the state, all across America that can help you to be better in your mental health and your wellness, your mental health and wellness, your emotional wellness, your spiritual wellness, your physical wellness, all of these things make you a whole person. If one of these attributes uh, is off by a kelter, the rest of you may feel somewhat discombobulated. I know it's not unlikely to feel that way. I certainly have felt that way. When one thing was off, everything else just sort of rippling effect uh, took place. And so I have compassion for anyone who is dealing with any type of a mental health crisis, whether it's drug or alcohol induced, or if it's just tough times. We're in a place now where I think they're calling it the depression, right? And the depression is depressing. Bread is $3 for a loaf of bread in some places and milk is up to four and four fifty for a gallon of milk. Uh, everything has a price tag and the price tags are climbing. Uh, and a lot of this, you know, we can get into. Why is this taking place? Historically, it has been said that every 20 years, America or the world goes through a shift change. And so we recently, we've just dealt with the COVID, uh, the COVID vaccine. Uh, everyone has different viewpoints and perspectives on that. Uh, and I certainly have mine, as you may have yours. However, we are asking to protect yourself and your family. Just know your COVID status. Know your status at, in general. You should be up with your medical uh, doctor visits every week, every month, every two months, every six months, every year. You want to know what's going on with your body. When your body is not doing well, it kind of affects the rest of you. You know, when you something is hurting in your body, you can't think straight. And maybe you don't want to eat. Or maybe you don't want to go out and have fun and do fun activities. So take care of your 
health, your physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional health. It is imperative so that you can stay alive. But do know your status. Uh, you can always check with any of your community centers, your local community centers, your doctor's offices. Uh, even now, you can walk into some supermarkets and they can tell you where you can obtain your COVID status, uh, your information, your test. All right. So stay up on your health, ladies and gentlemen. The best way uh, I've ever known to be well is to stay on top of those things and just eat well, uh, live well, be healthy, uh, stressful things that you can't do anything about them. Why are you worrying over it? Stop worrying. Stress and worry will kill you. So stop the stress and the worry. Some things you can do something about, so, so change it. If you can change some things in your life for the better, change them. I double dog dare you, as we would say when I was a, a little kid coming up. Uh, that was a phrase we use. I double dog dare you to change it if you have the power and the authority and the will, the mindset to change it, then change it. But there are some things that can't, you, you just... You can't go back in time and fix some things. And so stop worrying and stressing. You are stressing your life away. So because I love you, I'm telling you from my heart to yours, stop worrying. It does no, the body no good whatsoever. All right. And it doesn't solve any of the problems. So find a way to Usa, to breathe. Take those deep breaths. Even if you have to step away from the office for a few minutes or from the kids or whatever it is that you're doing, find a, a broom closet if you have to. Step away. Take some deep, some deep empowering breaths. Release them. Breathe in again. Release them. And do your best to fill your mind with positive thinking, positive thoughts. Every time a negative thought comes in or a question, well, what if, and perhaps maybe, and I don't know, and just fill it with something positive. Put a flower, put a rose there, put something beautiful there to replace the fear, the anxiety, and the worry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because I love you, this is my heart to your heart. So please uh, take creed to that. Take heed to that. I uh, want to remind you, please save the date. We are approaching September 10th, 2022, like a freight train is on our tails. Today is August 31st, Wednesday, August 31st, and... Um, September 10th is right around the corner. And then, of course, September 13th is our primary election for those of you that have not already mailed in your ballots. And I do have some information for you for that today. Um, so let me come up and find this. I uh, have an email I wanted to share with you, ladies and gentlemen. I thought it was relative. It's important enough. Uh, for you to know that uh, your your voting polls, your voting booths, uh, all across Newcastle County, one of the locations will be the Gunning Bedford Middle School. Gunning Bedford Middle School, and that's at 801 Cox Neck Road. 
Cox Neck Road, all right? Gunning Bedford Middle School. You will be able to cast your votes there. Claymont Community Center. The Claymont Community Center will absolutely be uh, open for the voting uh, September, September 13th primary. Also remember the Department of Elections, the warehouse in Newcastle, 220 Lisa Drive in Newcastle, Delaware. They will be open to take your voting. Also the Hudson State Service Center. Hudson State Service Center will also be available open. And we have the shipyard shops at 912 Justice Sun Street. 912 Justice Sun Street here in Wilmington, Delaware. That's the shipyard shops. All right. And of course, you know, your local voting uh, polls and booths will be at many of the schools here in the city. You can do an easy, quick Google research and find out exactly where is the voting poll in your particular neighborhood. Uh, I also have it here for Sussex County as well, uh, as well as Dover. But wherever it is that you decide to push the button or pull the lever and pull back the curtain and, and, and make your final decisions and choices, ladies and gentlemen, just do a quick Google search. If you haven't already mailed in your ballot, Please do a Google search and find out where is the right place for you. All right. Your vote matters and it does count. This particular election is one of the most important. I've been saying it for 100 million uh, years. I'm going to say it again. Um, you know, the president is a very important executive position. I, I will never, ever diminish the importance of the executive branch. However, I must say, it is our legislative general assembly that is the most important because they take the votes up to the president. So who you vote for on your local levels of city council, uh, this is not their time, but it will be, you know, it will be city council only goes four years, four years and four years. So theirs is coming up soon. Right now we're looking at... <clears throat> our legislative general assembly body. And so it's very, very important that we vote intelligently. Marcus Garvey said it, and I'm sticking to it. That's my story. Intelligence rules the world and ignorance pays the price. Okay. So let us be intelligent in our voting decisions. And I just want to give you a couple of things to think about when you go to the booths. You know, so often we think, uh, you know, what are the what are the hot hot topics? Well, gee whiz, I just mentioned uh, inflation or depression, whatever you know, recession, whatever it is they're calling it. Prices are going up, but our paychecks are not. All right, so whatever that is, uh, people are concerned about that because when your paycheck is not meeting the cost of living, crime goes up. Remember. When the money goes down, the crime goes up because people will do uh, the most incredible things uh, all in the name or the sake of, they say, saving their family, right? Uh, providing for their family. People will do uh, amazing, amazing things. Uh, not always the best things to do. Not always thinking clearly when, uh, you know, when you're hurting for money. So... It's very, very important that we, you know, as we go to these voting polls uh, or we're mailing in these ballots, 
we want to make sure that we're we're selecting the people who care about our individual um, concerns, but we also want to, what about the whole general as a collective? All of us are going through uh, prices up and paychecks are staying the same. Like that, that affects all of us. So let's look at the people who's going to work to make sure that everybody gets a little portion of the pie. All right. Uh, it was recently, uh, you know, many of you already know I'm slow. I'm a slow learner sometimes and uh, I'm not the smartest cookie in the jar. Mayor Michael Przicki for the city of Wilmington uh, has received $55 million, $55 million for the city of Wilmington. And I'm still seeing vacant, boarded up houses, dilapidated homes. Uh, I see homeless people sleeping under the bridge. I see our returning citizens who will receive a voucher that they can live somewhere, and yet uh, landlords or slumlords will still turn them away uh, because they have a criminal uh, past or they've been justice impacted. Uh, I believe is the new terminology, justice impacted. And so they're turning returning citizens away from a living condition. They need stable housing. And what happens when landlords, even the slumlords, begin to turn them away? Then we look at the recidivism rate going back up. What are you going to do if you're living in the streets and you're hungry? You're going to commit a crime if you can't find someone to offer you uh, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Crime goes up. And re the recidivism rate uh, stays at a very high level. So these are all things that are relative to you and I. Maybe you're one of the lucky or fortunate people. You don't have someone who's uh, been justice impacted. Maybe you're one of the conservative people who believes if you went to jail, it's because you did something you shouldn't have did. You can stay there and rot. America has quite an ideology about prison and human life. You know, uh, they, they really will put you, they just throw humans into a prison, throw away the key as if they don't even exist with almost no rehabilitation, right? And then many of them are being released back into a world. They've been gone for 10 years, five years, seven years, whatever. And now you release them back into society, but you don't give them a home. You don't help them get a job. You, you don't give them mental health counseling, uh, Medicaid, Medicare. Like some of these things are in place, but far enough, not enough. So when we vote in this season, this primary, which then takes us to the general election, uh, November 8th, of 2022, that's when we really go hard or go home. But this is this one counts because who we put in here has a lot to say about who we're going to put in as we go up the ladder to the executive branches. All right. So please, ladies and gentlemen, vote intelligently. Uh, who's going to answer the questions to all of these issues and concerns? Who's going to address them? I personally would love to know where is $55 million uh, granted to the city of Wilmington, not the state of Delaware, but the city of Wilmington, Mayor Michael Przicki, uh, to whom I respect, but I don't always agree. And I'm allowed to not agree with someone even if I respect them. I absolutely respect Michael 
Przicki, Mayor Michael Przicki. I respect him. Good guy. But politics has a way of changing people's perspectives. So Michael Przicki, uh, Mayor Przicki is putting quite a bit of money into the riverfront because he believes it's going to create jobs and wealth, revenue to come back into the city. And I believe that. You got to spend money to make money. So he's putting money into the riverfront so that, uh, you know, so that we can make money. But what about our dilapidated communities? What about the north side of Wilmington, South Bridge, uh, the east side, right here at the radio stations on the east side? Uh, what about our, you know, all of west side, west center city? Uh, you know, quite a few people, uh, Brother Dwight Davis, God loves him, is working to recreate, rebuild the Black Wall Street on the west side. Where is the money appropriations to help him to do that? So who are the elected officials that you and I can count on that cares about our concerns individually, but also cares about us uh, collectively as a general whole? And as I was stating, America, in, historically, America has been a, a place where we put people in jail, in the prisons, we throw them away for jaywalking across the street. You go to, gotta go to jail, right? Do not, do not pass go, go straight to jail uh, from the Monopoly board, right? And, and this is America's ideology. If you do anything wrong, you should just go to jail. Like that's the hellhole that they want us to all be afraid of because it is so awful, they don't want it to be a nice place because maybe they think uh, if, if we make prison a nice place or a place with real rehabilitation, then people will just continue to commit crimes. Like I get the mentality of what they're trying to say or trying to do is to make the American prison system so awful, so horrendous, so uh, demeaning and, and just awful, just a horrible, dark hell to, to be in that people won't commit crimes. But baby, we, if you keep doing what you've always done and looking for different results, you're not going to get them. You're going to get the same results. So for hundreds of years, America has been throwing people into the prison and hoping to defer or deter uh, other folks from committing crimes. And yet people are still committing crimes even more than they were before. So prison is not the answer. If prison is going to be the place that we call the timeout chair, all right, because some folks need the timeout chair, I won't deny that. There are people who need the timeout chair. But timeout as your punishment, uh, America loves punishment. They absolutely, America loves to punish people. Let's punish them for whatever they did. You do something wrong, let's punish you, right? And prison is the worst of it all. And the reason it's the worst is because it has no real rehabilitation services. They let a few programs get in, uh, get behind the walls uh, just to appease the federal government and say, well, we're offering programs. We, we allow people to do these or that or this or that. So they're appeasing the federal government by saying that they have these programs, 
But how many men in prison, how many women in the prison actually get an opportunity to be a part of those programs? Answer me that. Tell me the answer to that because I don't know it all. I, I don't have all the answers to all the questions in, in the world. And that's one I would like to know. How many people actually get an opportunity to be a part of those programs that are in prison? Then answer me this, riddle me this. Of the programs that are being offered, how many of them actually rehabilitate? How many of them can we honestly say helps are men and women who have been incarcerated? How does it help them? Are you teaching them a trade? Are you teaching them uh, computer skills in today's technology, right? It's 2020, 2022. People need to know computer technology because that's the, the age of Aquarius is here. Everything is computer. Do it all online. Thus, obviously, somebody knew about the COVID uh, pandemic that was coming down the road. So they immediately began to put up 5G towers all across America to make sure that people were going to be online and doing what they needed to do. Uh, so for someone, whoever it is that can pay to have 5G towers put up across America, those people knew that COVID was coming. All right. Just a point. One of the bubble, uh, you know, a thought from the bubble on the top of my head. So we've got 5G towers all across America, brand spanking new 5G towers that do omit uh, you know, small levels of radiation every day. And we're exposed to that every single day. We are exposed to those towers of radiation. And just think what that does to our mental health. What does that do to our breathing, to our inner organs, right? Uh, you know, so many things we have to think about, uh, not to mention the, the ozone layer. I was doing some research and some study. I, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who absolutely loves Mother Earth because I don't think they're going to take me to the moon when they go. They just launched a, shout, a, a, shout, a shuttle to the moon to see how that's going to work out, but I didn't get a ticket. So I don't think they're going to invite me to go. When the sun, the solar sun of this universe burns up the Earth itself, totally destroys it with the fire, the burning, the, I mean, think of it like this, ladies and gentlemen, make pretend in this weather today, it's 91 degrees. Now you go outside, stand in the sunshine and put your parka coat or your wool coat on. That's what it feels like for mother earth. That's what mother earth is, is enduring because the sun is burning her to death. And all of us that aren't dead by the time that happens, they're going to burn it. The sun's going to burn Mother Earth alive. Just going to burn everything on it. Just going to burn it up. Unless we make some changes now, global changes. Stop polluting the air. Stop polluting our water supply. Your body is two-thirds water. What happens when you dehydrate? You're going to go run to the corner store and get some blue or red juice? You need water. So stop polluting our waters. Please stop polluting the air. You're destroying the ozone layer. Uh, and the more that we can fix it and repair it, the ozone layer, it's like taking that big, heavy wool coat off of Mother Earth in a heat wave. 
It's 91 degrees. You go outside, ladies and gentlemen, right now and stand in the sunshine with your parka or your wool coat on. And let me know how that makes you feel. And see whether or not you change your ideologies about how to treat Mother Earth so that maybe, if not for you, certainly for your posterity, they will have an Earth to live upon. Right? Not trying to frighten anyone, but I got to keep it real. I got to tell you the truth. Every time you throw trash and garbage out of your car windows or uh, just sweep it into the street, uh, I don't know, maybe you think the fairies are going to come and clean that up? What do you think happens to all of that trash that you pollute Mother Earth with? What, what do you think happens to that? Right? We've got landfills taking up acres of land that could be used for to grow veggies uh, or, or perhaps livestock if you like to eat meat. You know, that could be self-sustaining land for human quality of life. Instead, it's being used as landfills. And, and it's overpop. It's just overdone. There's nothing left, ladies and gentlemen, because the trash that we throw out <clears throat> every single day, we are polluting Mother Earth at a rapid speed. And it's not going to work out well in the long run if we continue this behavior. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, these are the issues, the political issues that I find extremely important when I go to push the button and pull the lever. I want to know which one of these candidates cares about the global warming situation and clean water, clean air, clean earth. How many of you uh, will get out and just sweep up and clean up in front of your homes? Just take a broom and sweep the trash up so it doesn't sit there and not biodegrade into Mother Earth. You know, plastic does, is non-biodegradable. Certain plastics do not, and styrofoam will not biodegrade. They just continue to pollute Mother Earth, taking away possible life sources for us as human beings. So please, even if you don't care about your own self, try to care about your children, your grandchildren, the kids in the neighborhood. Perhaps, maybe, maybe they have a shot. So these are the things that concern me. What about you? Are you concerned about global warming, clean air, uh, clean water, clean earth? Are you concerned about rehabilitation services inside of the prisons? Can we, can we model more of a Norwegian way of incarceration? The moment that these people are arrested and booked and into the prison they go, they're not even humiliated with the bend over and cough naked like here in America, because for some reason they think that people are going to go into the prison with something hidden in their body parts. They're just going to hide stuff in their body parts. So as soon as you go into the prison, they tell you to bend over and cough, squat and cough. 
They don't do that in Norway. And I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, that is a very humiliating uh, perspective. So uh, that's my two cents in that cookie jar. Stay with me in just a moment. My representative and your friend, uh, City Council Representative Shanae Nicole Darby, will be here in the studio. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Doing, he was going in. I don't know if I missed stuff. He was on point. <laughs> they write people don't think when they drop a piece of trash. Yeah, clean water, clean trash, everything. You ready? Yeah, I'm you ready. look great. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm Absolutely, ready. I'm ready. Okay, baby, let's go. We going in now. Hard right. questions. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and joining me in the studio is my representative and your friend. Council Representative Shanae Nicole Darby. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us again. Yes, thank you for having me. I was on here when I ran for city council, and now I'm running for state representative, so just... Rub on me. I'm good luck. I'm good luck. <laughs> Anyone who comes on my show, I've got good luck for them. <laughs> you know what? I got to look at that. I got to see who else came on and won. Yes, who else came on and won, right? Think about it. I, I know how to pick winners. Uh, so we're, we're just graced to have you here today. So thankful that you're here. Uh, and I want to jump right in. We're going to talk politics for the next uh, 20 minutes. Let's do it. I want to know, and maybe the audience wants to know, why are you leaving? Why do you want to leave city council and get into the General Assembly? Why do you want to do that? Yeah, so honestly, um, I started to run for state representative um, pretty much at the last minute, like right at the deadline, I made the decision. So it wasn't like a plan thing. Uh -huh. um, it kind of just happened. So I was away for the month of June for military training stuff. I came back and they were like, we need you to run. I had a few people reach out to me. It was like, we need you to run state representative against Don B. I'm like, I uh -oh. am not doing that. Like, I'm good. Because like, you I know Namdi, right? Like, you guys are cool or something? Nope. Okay, keep telling your story. Yeah, we have no relationship other than me seeing him, like, coming to do poetry. Like, you know, those type yes, of things. Yes. Other than that, I don't know him. Okay. And his daughter, when his daughters went to the same school as me, but I really don't know him. Right. But, um, so... I was, um, yeah, that weekend, 4th of July weekend, I'm getting all these calls, and I was like, you know what? I looked at the pros and cons, and I was like, you know what? I'll do it if you guys feel like it. And, another, and a few things for me that really hit home that made me, like, I have to run was that hearing what happened, in, what happened at the Powell Center with the eminent domain. Yes, we're going to get into that. Yeah, we'll yeah, get into that. Yeah. So that was like, hmm, and what he said to the people, that to me was like, okay. And then the second thing for me is that a lot of times elected officials, all elected officials, myself, need to know that if we don't do right by the community, if we're not including community into what we're doing, the community will and can run against you, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just walk into a seat. Like you're not just going to walk into a you're going to have to work for this one. Right. You're going to have to work. And he's he working. Yeah. He, he's, he's, okay, <laughs> he is working because he, he can't do what he did. He can't do what he did last election and not do anything because no one ran against him. Okay. This time he's going to have to run. He's going to have to race. He's and to he's, he's, his opponent, you are a formidable opponent. Uh, I believe <laughs> that you are. You're, you're quite boisterous. You say what you think. You, you, you don't shy away from that too much. Uh, and, and you're pretty much, you tell people exactly what you're thinking. How, how does that work for you? Is that a good thing or not a good thing? Um, so, 
if I come to a conclusion to say what I'm saying, I've thought about it and I believe in it, right? So it's not like it's just um, not thought about or it's just I'm very like, ugh, like that's really not true. I'm actually a very observant person. And then I make my observation and then that's how I feel and I go with it and I and I like to feel like I'm very strong in what I believe so then I then that's what you hear so a lot of times people think it's just me just coming at like no there was a lot of thought put behind that <laughs> and anything I say or any stance that I take um so I think it could be good or bad for some people some people like directness some people like that some people don't and I think yes. most people are used to people not being direct mm -hmm. so when people are direct even even if it's not direct, because I don't think, I'm not a mean, like, people might, I don't know what people think, but I'm not, like, a mean person. Like, I'm not, like, walking around with an attitude. Like, no, that's no, not, not I at think all. some people think that. Like, I'm walking around <laughs> just cussing people out. Like, really, that is not my, that is not what I do. I'm really, like, I really listen. I talk to people. I take things in. That's the type of person I am. So, I think, um... But once I make my conclusion, I made my conclusion. And it might be good or bad. You might not like it. But I made my conclusion, and I'm okay with that. Okay. So that's how and I And you feel. stand on that. And I stand on it. I okay. stand on it. Anything I have said or done, I stand on it. And there are a few times where I might be like, you know what? I could have said that differently or said that in a better way. But for the most part, I stand on what I said. Okay. And we, we like that. Uh, I, I do think there's a nice way to say things, but I think if you can't say it nice, then just say it, be direct about it and tell the truth and be transparent. People, they, some people don't like that. They're they don't like that. It. Most people yeah. are fake. Yes. People walk around fake. Like yes. people are fake. Like everybody's fake. They do this fake stuff. They're putting on this persona. They put on this persona. People, when you get down to the real rawness of people, people don't like it. Yes. And I would rather like, okay, so I've been advocating for my son now for maybe six uh -huh. years, yeah, a long yeah, time, yeah. working for seven years and then advocating for six. I would rather elected officials tell me to kiss their grits. They can't help me uh, than to say, I got you and I can't find you at the midnight hour. So I don't like that. I agree. And I think most constituents, we would prefer the direct, honest, transparent answer to our questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. And um, I, I like directness. I like people to be truthful to me. I like I like that type of thing. Like being uncomfortable, I, I'm not. It doesn't bother me, right? Or for for you to call me out or say something, it doesn't really bother me. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I always be like, I grew up in a, whole, a house with a, a Caribbean mom, so there's nothing nobody really can say or do. <laughs> And plus the the the, uh, the military, right? Yeah, the military, like that gives yeah. you really tough skin. Yeah, so I have um, pretty tough skin. And I think for to be elected official, you have to have tough skin. Yeah. There's rooms I walk in where people, everybody in that room, hate me, and they would tell me. And now there's other rooms I work walking, and people love me, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. So it's just you got to be used to that because sometimes what you're doing for one group doesn't benefit the other, right? Right, right. So then that group is like, you're not doing anything for me, or they're like. You don't come around and see me. I'm like, I'm one person in a whole second district. Have you reached out to me? Right. Have you come to a city council meeting? Right. Like these things, like people are saying in the community, I'm like, but what is you, how active are you to even say those things? Are people expect for you to be at their door? And I'm like, I can't be at everybody's door. I can try the best yeah. I can. If you reach out to me, I try to be responsive. I try to be, you know, present. Yeah. But it's only so much. 
that one person can do for a district and i and i think that people expect so much and people don't understand the difference between a council person a state rep a senator and a school board person because they think i could do everything so they're like (laughs) yeah my brother's incarcerated and he needs this and i'm like well, I can connect you to the correct people, right? right. I can add, but that's not in my city council authority or jurisdiction, right? right? right, right. So people just don't understand who does what, and I think yeah. that's another issue on just education about politics. Yes, um, and then which is start. why we do the political power yeah. hour to try to talk yep. about it. Marcus Garvey, I don't know if you heard me say it earlier, but Marcus Garvey's famous saying was, uh, "Intelligence rules the world, and ignorance pays the price." Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so often we find that our people, they really don't know everything they should know about politics. And, and that's why a lot of them are in a place where they're like, my vote doesn't even count, I'm not even going to bother. What do you think about that? Their vote does count. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then another thing is like, I don't know if people know how to contact their council person. Like, I'm like, like, so like I, I haven't heard from them, like, have you reached out? Did you call me? Like. I was like, I'm out here. Like, I was knocking doors one day for to install, help the program install light bulbs. And the lady's like, I haven't heard from you. I'm like, I'm doing the best, you know. People reach out to me. It's a part time job, honestly. And then actually, I need, we need city council people who are part time. Like, yes. It's really, you get paid nothing. And yeah. so I still have to have another job, a full time job, on top of having the part time job. So people just don't understand that. But a lot of people don't understand politics. I thought, too, like, man, they only come around when it's time for election. When it's time for campaign, and they only right. come around, but I understand why now because it's, it takes a lot of money to do community outreach. Mm-hmm. And when you're in sitting in these seats, and I'm yelling, "Hey, come to the council meetings!" Crickets. Hey, I need money so I can knock on doors and give right. out literature. Hey, I need this. It's quiet. But when it's election time, I get a lot of support. So it's like it's actually called the lonely sometimes because it's like you get all this support during your campaign, and when you're elected, you're like, "Hey, I need y'all to come out for this legislation." Crickets. Right. So I think our community needs to do a lot of things like outside of just campaigning and really like how do you support people that y'all put in too? because that's important, too, is also be a two way relationship. Well, and and, and I want to say this without uh, putting you on the spot. You can answer it any way you want to. Yeah, of course. Uh, Okay, but uh, it's my understanding that Mayor Przicki received fifty five million dollars for the city of Wilmington. My only question is, did the second district get any of that? No, the sixth, second district has not. So the $55 million that came in, um, city council voted for us to have it, like to receive it. After That's the that, American Relief. Rescue, yeah, rescue, rescue plan. American Rescue Plan Action. Relief yeah, plan, ARPA. Yeah. ARPA, that's what we're going to call it. So that we accept it. After that, we have no say. We don't vote on what ARPA fund money does. The only a part of the branch that makes decisions on ARPA fund money is the mayor administration. What happens now, he takes recommendations. So I reached out to like FAME, the Women's and Senior Center, uh, Collaborate Northeast, these different organizations, Tennis Rock House, these different organizations in the district to say, hey, send me a recommendation letter, a proposal so I can send it up. Every single letter, every single person I submitted has received a denial letter for ARPA fund. So Women's and Senior Center won't be getting any, FAME won't be getting any, Tennis Rock House, is going to get some ARPA fund monies from me. So what happened in the ARPA fund money, the mayor said, you know what? I'll give y'all each 100K. 100K is really not a lot. So I'm doing 
like small grants of like ten and five thousand dollars. So I get tennis rock house of ten thousand dollars, right? Right. Conscious Connections is a garden that's close, like right outside of my like right there on the, my district line. Gave them ten thousand. So I'm like doing what I can with the hundred K that I have for the district. But the Wilmington Senior Center is asking for millions. Fame asking for millions. Like these other places are asking for money that I can't even touch with a hundred K. Right? So they gave each of us a hundred K, but it's only so much we could do with a hundred K for for, like that's not really any, like 100k is really nothing yeah it's it's really not especially some districts are the sizes are larger than other sizes of the district so they've got more things going on yeah. and they need that money i know a lot of money is headed over to the uh, east side. uh no to the well yes there's money coming to the east side but the riverfront, oh, the yeah. riverfront is taking up quite a bit of money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you only have so much power and authority to do so much. It's like city council is like working with one hand tied behind your back almost. Yeah, so one of the things, we can change that. But everything has to go through the state. Everything has to go through the state. We have to go change the state charter. So then I submitted resolution so that we can change that. But then I, did, I didn't have all 13 people agree that we should have power and authority. So I think that, you know, like, you think about, like, the beginning of, like, why this second government was created. Because there was the continental government first, right, mm -hmm. for America. And then they destroyed it. So that didn't work. And they created another government and said, we're going to have three branches for checks and balances, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have checks and balances here. Because we only have, technically, we only have two branches because our judicial system went out in the 90s. So we have the executive and we have the legislative branch. There's no checks and balances when it comes to grant money coming into the city. The mayor administration makes that decision. And to change that, you have to go to the state. We, um, a few of them did pass and went up to the state, but we need state legislators to go and take that on, right? right. So a lot of things, another thing that we voted for, and we all agreed on this one, was that when seats become vacant, it should not be appointed by council. We shouldn't have that pressure to pick who should be in that seat. It should be a special election. Yes. The people should choose. Let the people. We agreed on it, vote on it, and it went to state and it sat there. It's always we the people. At the end of the day, nothing is supposed to happen without we the people. So a lot of things that I realized, and I, when I learned so, like this, these years, these few years I have in city council, I learned how much is connected to the state. And we really need Wilmington delegates to be able to advocate for the state down there in ways where it's not mixed in with special interests, hmm. where it's not mixed in with um, like trying to figure out where that person lies and like their loyalty and trust, right? So those things we have to get through. And that's part of the reason why I decided to run too, because I was like, a lot of things that I want, I have to go through the state to get yes. the city council. So I want to be able to advocate and work with city council because our state, honestly, they didn't really, like, unless I reached out, your state, Wilmington delegates really didn't work with city council. Mm. It was all about friendships. Like, what? because I, I was trying to get Wilmington city council to get a lobbyist. The mayor administration has a lobbyist. He has his lobbyists go down there and advocate for things for the mayor administration. We have nobody going down there for city council to advocate for us. They, My city council people said, no, we don't want a lobbyist. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, y'all got to get up with the times. Like, how don't we have someone advocating for us? And their answer was, we got friends down there, so we'll just talk to our friends and get things done. 
lobbying and being friends with somebody, two different things. You should not be using your friendship. But politics is a lot about that sort of thing, rubbing shoulders. And if I do this for you behind the door, you'll do that for me behind right. the door. There's a whole lot of that going on. I'm not even a politician, and I, I understand know, yeah. that part. But yeah. how far do you go? That's right, with friendship versus legal and lawful. Yeah, like how far do yeah. you go and compromise in that? Because I believe in like some things, are, I do have to compromise, right? I yes. do have to build relationships, yes. those things, but how far do you go? Now, <clears throat> I'm going to bring up this subject, and I want it to be known to my audience out there. I absolutely love and adore and respect Stephanie T. Bolden, okay? But Stephanie T. Bolden has now been doing this for like 20 years or something. She's she's the first African-American uh, pro tempore. tempore. Uh, she's just been at it a while. She knows everybody. She's built relationships and friendships with everyone. She's an amazing woman. But isn't it time to start letting some new talent take it, uh, you know, come in, sit into that seat? Yeah, it don't even gotta be Stephanie T. Bolden. I think that for anybody who's been in the seat too long, um, even on city council, there are some people who have been there for a while or who are connected to other people who once were on city council, so they're just continuing this yeah. agenda of what the previous council was. Right. Right. So it's like usually when you leave your seat, you kind of like most people select who they want to replace them, and it, you know, so it's continuing on that legacy of the yes. same thing from the other council. Right. So you see that on our council, and you see people who've been there for a long time and who, who just, for my opinion, not doing the right thing or you don't see the impact of them being on city council or in a state for decades. I think that for anybody, you don't got to be Stephanie. Well, the reason I brought up Stephanie, and I could be wrong about this, but when I did my research, she is my second district house representative. Namdi is the first district house representative. Mm -hmm. So... If she's the second district, the second district representative, yeah. why are you going after the first district representative seat? Because Namdi is the is is represented for the first district. Right. So she's not going for the seat. No, you are. Oh yeah, yeah, I am. You yes, are. Yes, 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 yes. Why for the first district though? You're a second district. You're. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. So this was confusing to me too. Councilmatic districts are different than state districts and Senate districts. Ah. The lines are different. Okay. Now, I know Governor Carney signed something changing the districts. Was that in November yes. of 2020? Yes, I think yes, it changed yes. the every size. Every 10 years. Yes, every, every 10, 10 years. It's based on census data. Right. So, what they do is so, like, for the city of Wilmington, I was on the redistricting committee, there's eight districts. So, they break it up evenly by how many people live there. So let's say there's, I don't know, I'm going to go 8,000 people. Right. It has to be 1,000 people in each district, about and or with some, you know, a little bit of leeway going up or down. But about everyone has 1,000 people. Okay. So that's what happened. So in the city of Wilmington, our lines didn't change that much. Most of the change was like over in west, um, over in west side of Wilmington was most of the lines that changed, but it wasn't that much. So if you win, if you win the first district, for state rep. For state rep. Yes. That will covers, that, who's that covering? That covers the councilmatic second district and first oh, district, okay. which is all of Northside. And then it covers a part of eighth district, councilmatic eighth district, which is Trolley Square. 
Gotcha. Okay, so councilmatic district is it's different. <laughs> and then and listen, and then that, politics. Yes, and then I had to learn this because I was just like it was confusing to me at first too. And then Senator like Darius Brown, he's our senator. Right. His lines are different than Nandi's lines because he's a senator. He's a senator. So senator lines, and there's uh, there's less senators. There's like 22 senators. I think right. It's, it's, it's 41, like 41 House yeah, reps and, and 21, 21 yep. senators. But my thing is, if he's the second, senators get a bigger piece bigger. of the pie. Yep, they get bigger. Right, right. They so get his bigger. boundary lines are different than Namdi, but they're both. One is a senator, one is a state rep. Right, and right. they have to work together. And they work together because they overlap. Yes. But they overlap with some other people, too. Yes. <laughs> so it can be confusing. Because at first I had to learn all this. And then another thing that confused me is that sometimes people call um, wards. They call districts wards. And I was like, what are y'all talking about? And I was like, y'all just need to say districts or wards. Like, at this point. As soon as you confusing. say wards, I think of prison, though. Yeah. Prison wards. They call them second. Like, we, for the de Democratic Party, they call yes. it the second ward. The second ward uh -huh. is the second district. Okay. So we have a second ward committee. Okay. And they just need to use districts so that people aren't confused. Because me yes. going in, I was like, so what is this covered? This is the second district. I'm like, got it. So ward and district are interchangeable. Okay. All right. So <laughs> if you win this uh, first district, right, for House Representative, yes. what is one of the first things you see yourself as doing? Yeah, yeah like something to think doing. about, right? Yeah, there's a few things I want to do. So definitely everyone would know I'm big on like black maternal health care, um, right? So making sure that the, the um, black maternal health care legislation, of course, right? Working with um, the legislators down there who are already doing work around there and actually looking at some of the legislation that Wilmington City Council already passed. Mm -hmm. Right, or already passed up to the state, and try to get those passed. Right, okay. so like the vacancy seat, not making it from being appointed to being a special election. Like taking those legislations and pushing them forward. Yes, because yes. we need to give. And I think even as a state representative, Wil Wilmington is my that's my district, right? All right. of Wilmington. Right. So it's still I'm still invested. So I think having I think we need a stronger city council. We have a very weak city council. We need to give them more power, more okay. authority to do things. To right do now. legislation. To do legislation. To like say, hey, I want to vote on grant money. I should have a say too as a council person. Right? right, right. Like things like that. And I'm really interested. I forgot what they call it in other states. I don't know if this can happen on a city council level, but I want to do research. And I think this would be really um, cool and give a lot of power back to the people. You know when you, in other states, they'll go to the polls and they can make a vote on a piece of legislation. Like in New Jersey, they went and voted oh. on like marijuana legislation, right? Yes, yes. I would love to see something like that for the city of Wilmington to ask questions like, should city council have term limits and write out what they should be, yes or no? And when you go vote, boop, 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 yes. right? And then it comes back and then, it, and then it goes through because city council, they're invested into their seat. Right? Yes. There's going to be things that they don't want to do that the community wants. Yes. You know how many people ask me, why don't we have term limits on city council? We don't have term limits. You can keep running. Oh, right? my. Yes, so that's right. That's me, right. Like, I didn't even get think term about limits. That. And I'm like, I put in a request for term limits and city council voted it down because it would not be in the best interest of city, council. city council. Right. Because right? you, you want to keep your seat. Right. Like, Absolutely. I, I have no interest in being 60 years old. Sitting on Wilmington City Council, it does not intrigue me. At I, all. <laughs> I, <laughs> not at all. I do not want to be, I hope yes. I'm on somebody's beach. Yes. Okay? Yes. And when yes. I'm 
legacy is retired somewhere doing something else and probably guiding younger people, yes. newer people to be in those seats. Yes. I don't want to be gatekeeping. I don't want to be a part of the Delaware way. When I get older, I want to be able to help the younger or newer people who want to get into politics because my ideas or ideologies are going to be old. Compared to theirs. Compared to theirs. They're right. going to come with some things and I'm going to be like, whoa. Right, like, you know? right, right. But right. I, I got to remember to be open because yes. I was once that. we got to teach them and train them. And that's going to lead me into my next question. So you and I, you know, we live right in the city. I live in the city. Yeah, let me see. And, you know, I hear the gunshots go oh, off, yeah. and it's another baby with a gun, and he don't even hold a gun right, but he's shooting another, somebody's child. Right. So somebody's going to the detention center, and somebody is going to the graveyard. Sad. Very sad. I, I believe mm -hmm. that it has to take us, the community, to fix that. Legislators can't fix that. Uh, except being a part of that. Mm -hmm. What What are your thoughts on that? Can yeah, legislators I, fix that? I think it's a collaborative effort. Like, okay. I think there's some legislation or things that need to be passed or funding that can be put into certain programs to uh, for gun violence prevention and intervention, right? We need those like victim services. Yes. Putting money into our code unit cases so they can solve these crimes. Yeah. If I know that if, I, if I'm a... Let's be frank. I'm a young black male. I know I can kill another young black man, and the chances of me getting caught are slim to none. What's the chances of me doing it again? Right? right. So it's like this, like cold case unit, solving cases, like putting money into those things, right? And also looking at like the employment, like when people are coming home from prison, young men who are graduating from high school. How do we get them connected to trades? Like funding in that way, I think is key and important. Of course, our education system. Yes. So I want I want to tell you a story. It's a quick story. So I'm at the store and I'm buying coffee creamer. Right. Right for my coffee. I'm going to dash in and dash right out. I'm standing in the line and a couple of people in front of me and behind me I've got three young people. Now I'm 60 years old. All right. And when I was a young person, I was hell on wheels. I can't lie to nobody's mama about that part. <laughs> I really was. But somewhere along the lines, I've learned not to be that. So these young people standing behind me are having a whole conversation and they're using every language in the book other than English. Right. Right. Me, considering myself an elder compared to them, I turn around in the line and I say, you know, when you're in my day coming up, you did not talk to your elders that, you know, you didn't use that kind of language yeah. when you were in the presence of your elders. Yeah, no. That's, you know, and then I turned to the girl because it was a girl there. I said, and ladies were taught to act like ladies. When I turned back around, they started with the, oh no, and the girl and she, huh, would you, the whole disrespectful just almost went in one ear and out of the other. Those are the ones I want to reach. How do we get to those groups of kids? What, what programs do we have that are going to interest those kids uh, to come in and participate uh, to be better versions of themselves? Or is this what we have to look forward to with our young people? Well, I think the programming has to come from the community and the young people. Right? What do they want? What are they interested in? And I also think starting young works too, but we got to get them to when they're in high school and young adults. And I think it just comes with education and resources and hoping. Like, it's nothing we can 
Like, it's a whole lot of facts. It's very complicated. It's a it is very like, complicated. It's not easy as saying, hey, let's get this program and put kids in. How are we going to get them there? If I'm worried about eating, do I want to go to a program and sit there and listen to somebody if I'm hungry? You know, right, like, right. thinking of those things, like, who, my parent is on drugs. How am I going to get to the program? Like, thinking of all those barriers and factors and, like, mental Like, it's like a, it's so many prongs to it, like mental health, education, social services, like all of these things are pieces that have to play a role. But I think especially in talking about gun violence, um, like in legislative, like this year they had, they passed a whole slew of gun legislation. But that was more for like mass shootings, right? But one thing that was quite disappointing was that there was an amendment made so that if someone has an assault rifle that um, will increase the number of ammunition in there, right? And Namdi, our state representative, he 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 put that yes. amendment in, right? Yes. And I want to say that I am a license. I'm licensed to carry. I believe in being a gun owner. I believe in all of those things, right? But to put that amendment in, I thought it was very, especially when your district is having most of the shootings right now. It wasn't so, tasteful. So, so his amendment is saying that 